0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Draft Politics, the local edition. Uh, I'm Steve, and as always, I'm here with... Hey, it's EJ. Good to be with you again, Steve. Where are we today? We are at the Lincoln Square, Lincoln Street, uh, home of Half Acre, the original Half Acre, Lincoln, Lincoln Avenue. Street? Let's just start this over. <laughs> I've totally screwed this up. <laughs> I don't know. I think we keep that in. Lincoln Ave, Lincoln Ave, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Lincoln Ave. (laughs) We can tell we're already a couple beers in. There you go. It's like last week with my uh, Angie's List. (laughs) Lincoln's List here. Lincoln's (laughs) List. Lincoln's List of bars. Um, So anyhow, here to talk about uh, local politics. Got a few things going on. Thanks, man. And we are here at Half Acre Brewery and Tap Room on Lincoln Ave.
1: Here in Lincoln Square. 47th Ward. Uh, A place, you know, the brewery's been around a long time. Uh, And I've always loved Half Acre, uh, and I've lived up in this area for a while. Was super excited when the taproom moment was here a lot at the beginning and always come back, bring people here as a great place to go.
0: Um, Yeah, and it's notable that it's a tap room, but they actually have really good food here too. So it's a good place to just come eat uh, and also drink beer.
1: Yeah, and it used to be that we would order food for delivery here. And they said, like, well, hold on a minute. They opened up a kitchen. The kitchen is fantastic. We had the great nachos, science cheese. Yes, yeah, science Hashtag cheese. Hashtag science cheese.
0: I don't know what science cheese is, but it's delicious. I,
1: I would like more of the science cheese. Yes. Um, and, you know, they've got all of their kind of big hitters on tap. Um, good stuff. The stuff you know, the daisy cutter, you know, the pony, all of those. I, I'm on to an Viejo right now. A light kind of lagery beer, super good.
0: Love sipping on it. And I'm having the Amaro Hut, which is a very different beer. It's kind of a little bit sour, but then it's got Amaro herbs in it, so it gives it kind of a Negroni uh, botanical kind of feel to feel. it. Yeah, kind yeah. of a little botanical. Uh, yeah. yeah, like a Boulevardier, if if that, yeah. you're more of a whiskey person.
1: And it's in like the coolest glass I've seen a beer served in. Yeah, it's like a little wine glass, glass.
0: like a light blue-green half-acre beer on it. Like, honestly, the thing is, I feel like my wife would love the hell out of this particular thing because this is almost her color, and she loves Boulevardier. Yeah,
1: and it's actually a cool color. I mean, like, it's that nice kind of rosé. It's a a good-looking beer and a good-looking glass. Absolutely. And good for the summer drinking, right? For sure, yeah. Nice and... Nice and light. Yeah, so come by Half Acre. I, you know, We've been up to the Balmoral location, which is fantastic. You sit outside. But Lincoln Square gives you a good jumping off point if you wanted to go someplace else right here in the neighborhood. Yeah, so if you want a
0: burger, instead of what they have here, there's Bad Apple across yeah. the street. If you just want to go grocery shopping, there's the Jewels. So. Jewels
1: right across the street. And right now, it's been like a big, long set of Motown music, which I love. Yeah, so Temptations. Four tops, uh, Marvin Gay. I, I can't complain. Yep. So let's talk about what's going on here in the city. And and I guess the first thing really is maybe the most important piece of news that came out this last week, Chance the Snapper.
0: <laughs> you know, it was awesome. I was at Netroots Nation when all of the Chance the Snapper thing was going on. So I'm like, just like, I wasn't online all that much. And then I'm like, what is, what, like, Crocodile, what's going on? And.
1: Yeah. No. And and I know Chance the Snapper is not really political news. But
0: it's Chicago but come news. come on. And I mean, this talk is, about it. There, there are a few things more Chicago than a. I mean, there's so many good things here. First of all, to catch Chance the Snapper, they had to invite Florida Man to come up to Chicago. Oh, right,
1: right. Because Alligator Bob or who's, whoever. Who's become do it.
0: a little celebrity? Like, right. he's thrown out a pitch at the Cubs game or whatever. And. Well, and then Chance the Snapper
1: shows up at a news conference, in a bow tie. Yes, I was half expecting to see like people standing beside him, you know, with the Chance the Snapper for, you know, for city council signs. Yes. Uh, so you know that's been kind of fun there in Humboldt Park. They yes. closed the park down for fear of a four-foot. I yeah yeah. So, he
0: might eat somebody's dog. Who knows? But fortunately, nobody was harmed. Chance the Snapper will hopefully live a good life somewhere. Wherever he goes.
1: Yeah, I don't know where he's going. I, I've got contacts at the uh, Lincoln Park Zoo. Maybe we'll check in with them. There you go. See if we'll see Chance the Snapper up there.
0: He'll Can't be, say that he'll enough. He'll run for alderman. Oh, he will. And get he'll caught win. up in a corruption scandal Probably. later on.
1: Probably. Snaps for dollars. Who knows? Yes, exactly. So uh, more seriously, I think, you know, there have been a few things that have really impacted Chicago recently. Um, sort of the crossover from national news. Donald Trump talking about all the ICE raids. We're never going to tell anybody what we're doing except we're doing these next things. We're going to have these raids across several cities, all Democratic-leaning cities, Chicago included. Uh, there was a big buildup to it, you know, sort of stoking fears. Everything's going to happen this last weekend they're gonna fan out across the city you know prompting lori to talk about you know well we're it's gonna be fierce resistance against ice but we're not saying that there's absolutely no cooperation and i honestly it's more divisive kind of language and I, you know i think the result was in a full of sound of fury and signifying, yeah.
0: I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any major uptick. I mean, I, I found a couple like a, you know examples of some stuff going on, but it doesn't sound like it's anything more than what had been going on. Yeah. So you know, it may very well just be a lot of you know Trump just bl- being a blowhard, bluster, but.
1: bluster, bluster. And you know, I live in a very diverse diverse neighborhood. I live in Albany Park, which is you know by all accounts the most diverse neighborhood in Chicago, and. You know, the sort of local Facebook groups and Twitter feeds um, and, you know, really text groups, like everybody was on the lookout, right? People were looking. It was very quiet. So, again, take, take for that what you will. Um, you know, I think there were a lot of people who were trying to maybe criticize Lori for not saying that CPD was not going to talk to ICE at all. Um, I think on the flip side of that, she did say that there would be fierce resistance. And then she sort of dedicated or guaranteed uh, $250,000 to sort of a legal fund for immigrants across the city. She didn't say where that's coming from. And maybe that would come from the $2.5 million that she raised in quarter two for her reelection fund. Leaving that for a second. But, you know, she did you know kind of come out for that, which is... Uh, I guess,
0: which is a good thing. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, so we've got the ongoing, uh, teachers' union negotiations. Yep. There um, is no contract right now, it yep. expired on the 30th. Yeah, we'll probably be talking about this, I think, on all of our local podcasts until, uh, until something gets signed or probably a little after that. So,
1: yeah, and, you know, the teachers' union has gone through some change. Uh, yeah. uh, Mr. Sharkey is now heading the teachers union, but a lot of the rhetoric is the same. And uh, one of the things that I found interesting is they said, well, the rhetoric from the city is the same as well. And I know we talked on a previous podcast about the negotiation team that has been put forth by Lori's administration, and it is essentially the same group of people, which I think makes some sense, right? You want to have a rapport, you know, and I guess you could argue that either way, but uh, the, the messaging coming back from CTU is that, well, Lori just wants a strike. She's pushing
0: for a strike, which I don't really I think don't she wants. I don't see why either side benefits from a strike. Like, no. I feel like Lori, like, she started off fairly strong with good anti corruption stuff. If she can get a CTU contract, like, that puts her in a pretty good position politically. If, she, if we turn into some ugly, dragged out thing. It's not really good for her. But, you know, it's always important to remember that it's a lot of rhetoric and and leveraging and trying to get in the right position to get the best deal. And so it'll all look terrible until a deal is signed. That's just the nature yeah. of the beast. Uh, that's,
1: that's probably true. And I know that there are some pretty big gaps that people have talked about. So, and, and I have a couple kids in CPS, and it's important to me, and I have been on a local school council. And if you're not a person from Chicago, the local school councils are a really interesting view into the world of, of public schools. So, you know, Lori came with a proposal that said, look, we'll increase pay raises in like 14% over a few years and the teachers union wants 5% a year, right? And, you know, there are lots of gaps there. There are gaps on guaranteeing numbers of social workers librarians nurses in the school and look that is a big big problem in chicago public schools. so my kids go to a school they have a social worker once a week they have a nurse that they share with four other schools they don't have a librarian you know a teacher takes time out if you've got a kid who's got some sort
0: of like chronic medical condition there's only a nurse there. I mean, how does it even work if they're only there once a week? Uh,
1: well, you know, uh, oftentimes it's close or, you know, it's not good. It's not a good situation, yeah. right? And, and what ends up happening is that work falls on teachers and it falls on aides. And that's not a good place for people to be And And look, you know, I'm not saying people should feel bad for my kids. My kids are in a much better spot than, you know, kids in schools on the south side and the west side for sure where the resources are even fewer but you know this is a big gap and Lori talked about some of these things like social workers like nurses and honestly you know elected school board which has kind of gone out the window now you know, during the election and so these are big gaps in the negotiations or at least in yeah. the rhetoric
0: and fundamentally. A lot of the big problems, you know, the, the you, you know, contract or whatever, the big problems aren't really going to be solvable until we change the way that all of this is funded in the first place and having more funding coming from the state, less of it being funded yep. by local property taxes, less of it getting siphoned off into TIFs. So, you know. Oh. I,
1: you're, you're absolutely right about that, and I think a lot of people would agree. And sort of there's this tension about, Do we solve the short-term problems some way um, at the expense or in the hopes that we'll solve the longer-term problems? So, you know, how do you do things like commit to a smaller pupil-to-student ratio that the teachers' union wants without looking at the projections and saying, well, if, you know, Chicago's population goes in this direction as it is then we'll need this many classrooms and this many teachers and that's going to cost this much and this many buildings like like i don't have a spreadsheet in front of me that tells me those things but you know somewhere there's a leap of faith about expenditures and and the kids and you know things that would have to happen out of our hands as city you know as city residents because the funding formula is a state level thing right um so it's it's a difficult situation you know I think we'll see we'll see those kind of aides and social workers and those folks come up in the negotiations we'll see charter schools come up in negotiations which I think are terrible and they need to stop yeah. them um, but you know Lori doesn't want to commit to having a moratorium
0: on them which baffles me I mean it, like there's it's pretty clear that about the research around charter schools that they don't really do anything better than standard public schools. And mostly it's just a matter of cutting costs by you know, fighting unions. And so right. I don't really think, can't see why you would want to make that an ongoing thing, but
1: me neither, me
0: neither. Um, the,
1: the other interesting part about this is that sort of support staff, which are not part of the CTU. So this is going to be like, Bus drivers where they're not privatized, aides, especially special ed aides, and custodians, again, where they're not privatized, they they have been without a contract for a year. The union that represents them has authorized a strike. So maybe you've got uh, two fronts here um, coming into the end of the summer. So it's mid-July. School starts right after Labor Day. So there's some time. Uh, But some definite pressure on Lori to get this right, for sure. Um, The other thing that I want to talk about, and this is kind of near and dear to my heart, I guess, uh, is lead. Lead in the water. So we've talked in a a previous podcast, and those of you who have been with us since the beginning, thanks. But also you've heard this before. So lead was a topic of conversation um, in the mayoral elections and in the aldermanic elections and obviously heightened by what's happened in Flint although the problem here in Chicago is different and there's been a big awareness campaign for a while and you could for and still could request a sampling of your water in your home which I did which you know we we did and sent those away and we never heard back from the city (laughs) So, so I guess you're fine. Yeah, so I guess I'm fine. And you can go on to a website from the city and look up your results. And it'll kind of tell you block by block. It doesn't tell you individual addresses. So we went on and looked and said, like, well, this is weird. I, this doesn't seem right. Like, I think there are more addresses. I know other people on our block uh, sent in their stuff. And so we decided to call, and we kind of hounded and followed up. It took us a week, but we found out that actually our results were never sent out. And the results in our house were elevated. So take action kind of elevation. Which is, you know, again, near and dear to my heart. Right. And my kids' brains. Yes. But also, we found it very interesting. And then so digging into it a little bit, and then sort of in a a very timely way, there was some uh, reporting that said, Only a third of the kits that were sent in, the results were sent back out to people. That's super questionable.
0: Super questionable. Yeah. And so like, just to give you like if you aren't familiar with the background of this, what happened is back in the good old days, a lot of the homes were connected to the water supply using lead connectors. And they had to be. They were like they were like mandated to be lead connectors. City ordinance. And so what's happened is over time is like there's you know corrosion and whatever else and and they might be fine it's just a matter of like how much you know corrosion has happened and also like as they go through and do uh sewer repairs and things like that that can disturb what's in the system and cause more lead to show up in a home than normal um and if you go around the uh, city you'll see in the parks they'll have water fountains. Some of those water fountains will be running all the time. And the reason why is because if they don't do that, the lead builds up and it becomes toxic. Right. Or they're not running at all. Or they're just all. not running at all yes. because they're too toxic to run. So it's a citywide problem. And it's one of those things where there really needs to be a systemic effort to address this because it's damaging to people, to yeah. these, especially to young kids. and. You know, there needs to be a good plan to deal with it. And it's just nobody wants to nobody no. really wants to know this depth of the problem because it's too expensive to fix. Oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they recently stopped installing new
1: water meters because that was causing some agitation and causing some causing lead to come out. And that's this is not going to go away. Now, again, you know, I'm lucky we can do some things. We could potentially replace our feeder line. And I will say this. The folks that we spoke to in the city, once they said, oh, wow, well, your your levels are kind of elevated, they're coming back out. We're going to have two people from the water department, a an electrician and a plumber.
0: What is the electrician doing this whole I, thing? I don't know.
1: I don't know. <laughs> you know, I said that outside I, I, out loud just now, and I paused and said, like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I guess I'll find out. So we don't see it next week. The electrician had our way. Right. Maybe I assume it's a tradesman. Maybe it's just the
0: electrician.
1: Yes. Yes. In a more you know, sinister way. They're coming out to the house you know, next week. And we also signed up for the your water main is being replaced due before and after testing. Uh, my water main hasn't been replaced yet. yeah, that's one of
0: the things we need to do with our building is look at the water mains there because that's another thing that's come up and yes, apparently like some some portion of the water mains in Chicago apparently add lead to your water, which seems like a poor design choice, but you know so we'll see I mean we'll we will see what happens with this. yeah
1: I'm gonna keep bringing it up even if nobody else cares. Uh It is a topic that
0: yeah, if you live in Chicago, you absolutely should care you so. should
1: care, and you know again, we've said on a previous podcast, my wife ran for office, um, this was one of her big issues because the aldermen weren't talking about it until a group of candidates got together and really brought it to the fore yeah so absolutely um, uh, we should keep paying attention to it. We should keep people accountable around it. can we talk about something more fun, like like gambling yes. That sounds great. So,
0: yeah, they're starting to look at where they could open up a casino in Chicago. Um, All of the locations, there's five different locations they looked at, are all south of 290. Um, The old U.S. Steel site, which I have to say I love the the sort of just the metaphor of that of let's take this center of industry that is now gone and buried and replace it with a casino that will extract money from people who are bad at math. Like, great. That's our industry now. I'm reasonably good
1: at math, and they'll probably extract some money from that. That's me, true. So. That's true. I mean. You know better, but you still do. Uh, yeah, sure. For sure. And when we look at the sites that Lori has tossed out now, and look, I'm all for this to some extent, right, that says we're going to put jobs in places where jobs are needed, I guess. So they're all south of 290, you know, sort of west side, 290, like Roosevelt and Costner You know, and the rest are east towards the lake and down south. So there's one spot that's close to the cell or guaranteed rate field. What is no Uh, longer Kamiski? Let's put it that way. That place where the White Sox play, um, one in the Pullman neighborhood and one in Burnham uh, Burnham Park, whatever. And I think that Burnham area is the U.S. Steel. So, you know, I, I. it's interesting. I'd like to see, you know, what the plans are there, not just for location, but how they choose to employ people for the construction, for the operating of it, where the funds go. Um, I, those are all areas that need investment. I, I will say that, like, there's no yeah. doubt. You don't look at one of those areas and they're like, they're fine. You know, they need investment. They need people coming there. Um, you know, the U.S. Steel steel site is a place that's on Lakeshore. It's four minutes from Indiana. So maybe stops people from going into Indiana for their uh,
0: for their casinos. Just, we'll just redirect the Skyway to go through the casino. Oh, sure. Why, right through. Like right. That's the toll. toll I plaza. mean, I'll have to wind you around a little bit because, you know, you have to get lost in the casino. That's just the way that works. But. So you'll just be like in the middle of a parking deck in the casino and be like, I don't know how the hell I got here. And, and they so this the is what I'm
1: saying right now. <laughs> somebody listening to this skyway is free when you go to the casino in chicago free skyway chip i like it get one chip skyway chip drop it in i think that's a thing but it also would pull people from indiana where the casinos are
0: and i've been there dreadful
1: they are dreadful yeah
0: yeah, I've not been... The only area casino I've been to is the Four Winds over in uh, Michigan. Um, and mostly because it's at a steak restaurant, though we did gamble. Uh, I do gamble, even though I, like, poke fun at the whole... Like, it, it bothers me because I know that fundamentally a lot of the money that comes into those casinos is going to be on the backs of people who really can't afford to be giving up that money. And that having a proper industry actually building things would be better making beer that'd be nice i don't know i mean it's just like there are so many other things we could be doing and it just it always depresses me a little bit that that's sort of what we've we've fallen to will i go to the casino probably you were hoping that was gonna be optimistic and i totally ruined it (laughs) well no I mean, I I think we all know that there's. Made a a bad bet, sir, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Should have folded. Should have folded.
1: The other thing that I want to talk about that came up this week, and maybe we should have brought it up with the the ICE stuff, uh, was around the gang database. So this was something that came up in the election very strongly. Uh, CPD has this big gang database. We all know it's terrible. Like, there's nobody who objectively looks at that and says, like, yes, it's both helpful and accurate. And so Lori said, you've got to figure this out. You've got to redo it. The police came back this week and said, here's a new proposal. And Lori's like, no, that's the same bad data in a different way.
0: Yeah. And and, and the fundamentally, the problem with it is that there's a lot of racial bias in the data. I mean, ultimately... You're heavily policing certain neighborhoods. You're identifying people as being in gangs in those neighborhoods, and that is then following them throughout their yeah. interactions with the police in the future. Um, and so, it's been problematic for a while. I know that uh, Preckwinkle, one of her positions when she was running, was to just get rid of it entirely. Uh, Lightfoot has been more flexible on it, but you know, it seems that the new proposal is not any better than what no. we've had.
1: And I'm, I guess, I'm, on one hand. I wish she would just get rid of it. On the other hand, I'm glad she's kind of said, like, no. You know, sort of... She hasn't just waited for it to go. Because if she had approved this, most people wouldn't have noticed, I think. Um, So I'm glad she's pushing back a little more. I would like her to kill it altogether. Because the old one is still in place, right? And I think ICE wanted to leverage that. Of course they did. Of course they did. And I think we probably said no, but we don't know that we said no. So... It's a little murky in there, but look, I I think that the rest of this discussion should be about criminal investigations of Illinois Chicago politics. What do you think? I mean, we've got some topics there, right? Oh yeah, Carrie Austin, Carrie Austin. She's her grand juries got some stuff to chew on right now. Right. She bought a house last year uh, from a couple of companies. Like I was looking at the map of this, and it was it was fantastically awesome and chicago <laughs> So she bought a house from a couple of companies, like holding companies that owned it, and those companies were owned by other people who worked for other companies. And so you start to trace this back, right? This huge tangled web. So she bought this house, and it's like... The companies that are represented by people that own the company that she bought the house from, like, account for some hundred and fifty million dollars yeah. in city contracts. Sure it's all fine. Sure it's all fine. And these are city <laughs> contracts about, you know, soundproofing homes by O'Hare and fixing up low income housing roofing and you know, HVAC and stuff like that, and you're like, "Well, that's weird." Well, maybe she didn't know. <laughs> but then,
0: <laughs> and this was the thing to me this is like such classic Chicago. I, I mean, it is it is
1: <laughs> quintessential Chicago. Like, you know, that little emoji, like the like it just kiss needs like emoji. just needs like.
0: Is there any like z- weird zoning rules involved in this? Like right. that would be like the PS is, is, like, also, is <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, so the
1: owners of those companies recently, Carrie Austin tried to put forth a measure to have a street renamed after them. <laughs> like, we laugh at that because that is the thing. Like, they don't donate to her campaign. They're being pretty smart. Do they really know her? Is there any kind of connection? Probably not. Maybe she just brought the house, bought the house from them. She's sponsored some bills. The contracts have gone their way. Yep. Probably doesn't know them at all. I would like to move that we rename this big road to uh, after this random family that I've never met before. Like, right.
0: Come on, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, it's you, think, about, well, you know, it makes me think of like, back to like Blagojevich, and we've got some news about him in a moment. But, you know, like the whole... You just you're so bathed in the corruption for so long that you forget that it's actually corrupt, yeah. and then you just go a little further than is really technically uh, you know allowed to get away with, and then you get in trouble. Like you're fine with 150 million dollars in corruption, then you go name a street after somebody. It's like okay, well now hey, you screwed hey, it hey, up. Hey. Now, now somebody else knows. You now got, somebody else is, there like is a, there is an art to this, and yeah. you've got to get it right. Exactly, you know. uh
1: I don't know. It's back into the the big size, right? (laughs) Um, But also, I think a little more broadly, uh, Mr. Madigan has been involved in some things, maybe peripherally.
0: So it seems the feds uh, have been investigating him. Uh, They raided the home of retired alderman Michael Zalewski, looking for documents related to Madigan.
1: Zalewski, great Chicago name, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. As a poll.
0: Yes, yeah, for sure. Endorsed. Um, yeah, and so they've also subpoenaed documents from ComEd, and so what it sounds like is there was some kind of pay-to-play scam, possibly, where uh, Zalewski was going to get a job with ComEd based on some favors being done, etc. We don't really know any of the details of what's going on. We don't even know if there's any, like nobody's been indicted or convicted no, or sure. any of that. So it's all mean, Feds raid offices all the time. But... I think it's a fair bet that there's something that Madigan has done wrong. It's just a matter of what he's going to get caught on. Just because oh, he's yeah. so, so. I mean, it's very hard to be in Chicago politics and not get a little bit of dirt on you. Like, Obama's literally the only person who I think has ever done it. I know. <laughs> and, um, you know, and Madigan is Chicago politics. I mean, as much as Daley was for so long, like, Madigan, you know, Chicago and then broader Illinois, he is so fundamental to it that you know, to be a part of that system and not have done something crooked along the way would be kind of surprising. Yeah. I'm kind of... On, I mean, honestly, I'm just... Honestly, I'm just like, I don't like him, and so I'm kind of hoping that there's something on him, but... I mean, I I, I wholly expect
1: that there is something on him. It's just a matter of whether or not it can stick. Well, yes, exactly. And this raid is probably the one that everybody is... Or at least he's afraid of, right? Because this is somebody who was a close advisor. Yeah. Somebody who's known for a long time. Like, if somebody's got, if somebody's got dirt on Madigan, it's this guy. Yeah. Right. Like. It's the this ones guy. who might
0: flip that you got to worry about. Yeah. Well,
1: he may not even have to flip, right? Because they raided his house. Well, that's true. Right. His office. His house may have flipped for him. I mean. And we're not even talking about the kind of national legal news there. Yeah. Maybe off Upper East Side of New Manhattan mansions being raided with incriminating evidence. But, like, there could be some really bad stuff in
0: there. Well, you know, I mean, worst case scenario, if there was something there and he got in some trouble, one thing he could try to do if he to get out of that trouble is to ask Donald Trump to... Uh, to uh, let him go I mean every
1: Democrat in Illinois should do that right sure why not why not so uh, you know and that's why it shouldn't be at all surprising when Jesse Jackson and Jesse Jackson Jr wrote a letter
0: to your president mine and mine oh yeah our president yeah I guess technically yes Donald J Trump Donald said, John Trump. Sure, I never even realized his middle name was John. That's funny thing is until I heard it today when uh, Al Green was doing his impeachment reading, and it's Donald John Trump. But anyhow, I digress. <laughs> I thought it was Jamoke. <laughs> Jamoke. <laughs> uh, Donald, jo- what you looking at? I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: just asking to. So this is Jesse Jackson. Yes, asking. Donald J. Trump to pardon Blagojevich.
0: Now, see. I know. Here's the thing. I have long believed that Trump and Blagojevich should be natural allies. Oh, they should be. And, and, and they're both crooked politicians with big egos and obsessions with their hair. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think there's some, like, there's, like, maybe their hair is actually some kind of weird space alien that's kind of taken them over. Maybe. It's like an episode of Star Trek kind of thing.
1: I don't know. So here I was thinking the one person we never called out for passing away recently was Rip Torn, who was in Men in Black. Maybe we are hosting an intergalactic kegger (laughs) for aliens who look like hair pieces and they've lived on. And our current president and our former governor. Yes. And you know, uh, Patty Blagojevich, who is uh, the daughter of my former alderman and sister of my former alderman, had been going on Fox News asking for asking for that pardon. So it's moved I up don't the know, chain. Like I
0: don't know why they think that will work,
1: but you never know. Well, but because because they knew each other, right, Rod, Rod Blagojevich. was on The Celebrity Apprentice, apprentice, and they got along. Yeah. Hey, nice hair. It's great hair.
0: He was good for ratings. Don't you want to get him out of jail?
1: And, you know, if somebody said to me, boy, 14 years is a pretty stiff sentence for Rod Blagojevich compared to other people, there's probably an argument there. I really don't like the idea of Jesse Jackson saying, hey, Donnie. I need a favor. Yeah, that's. That hurts. Maybe he's saying, maybe it's closer to the election and it looks like Donald Trump's going to lose. He can say, hey, Donnie, how about a favor? I'll call in a favor for you and we'll get you pardoned in two years when you're in jail. (laughs) It's. It's a weird one. Yeah. Strange Uh. bedfellows indeed. For sure.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second half of the local part of our podcast. You may be wondering, second half? Well, you see, it turns out I kind of forgot to edit the local podcast we did last week. And so we're going to merge them together into one collective podcast. So I'd introduce EJ, but he's already been introduced in the first half of the podcast. Right. So what episode? Is this 14.2? We are on... Yes, this would be 14 Part 2 slash 15 Part 2. Right. Which means it's a total of... 39.4? I don't know.
1: 29.4? You know, it's confusing. It is confusing. It's fluid. fluid. We want
0: to make sure to do a little bit of local stuff this week. Um, We are going into the debates next week, which means we're not going to have as much time to record. We're going to just be doing some quick summaries of the debates. And so I want to get a few quick hits on things that are going on in the local news. It is generally fairly quiet, but there's a few things to uh, talk about. Right. And I, I do want to note that because it's a new week, we are at a different brewery. Yes. So we're at Beguile this time. Ravenswood and Kyler. Yes. Just on the west side of the tracks. Right know, by the Dovetail Brewery. Yes. The Metro will drive by every so often and make Metro noise. Right, right. It is a, a very dog-filled bar. There were six dogs in here for the national edition it looks like we've lost a couple in, on the way i mean i think they left i don't think yeah they didn't lost they did yeah they're right they're all they're all with their owners it's all fine stop yeah, panicking okay. but the beers here are yes. fantastic i'm having a hazy shade of summer and i yeah. love it yes and love i'm it. having the Beguile blonde which is one of my go-tos um, this and the dovetail lager are sort of my my stock in my refrigerator at all times you know Nice I love nice. that Vera has been a, a regular re- lately if you haven't Ooh. had that if, for those of you who haven't had it uh, Wow. That's, that's, a, a, that's another podcast <laughs> that is a whole nother
1: podcast yes here's one thing I really like about about beguile and I'm a big growler fan uh, love them although I didn't bring one with me today because I'm an idiot um, when you look at their website and you think I'm gonna bring my own growler it tells you that they have a high pressure growler feeling system. And if you don't have a growler that is up to spec, they won't fill it. Huh. I love that. I love that their growler filling system kind of has a bit of a gatekeeper.
0: It's like a high-performance, like, oh, yeah. no, you better be into yeah. this kind of... I mean, we've got to get yeah. these done. Yeah, We've yeah. got to get these done. We've got no time for your, for your fragile little bottles. No, we need yeah, hardcore, exactly. great American Yes,
1: Probably is going to have, you know... Facial hair, maybe a top knot. Wait, no. Anyway, it's really interesting. Um, I I, I meant to grab a growler on my way out the door. I would have returned with this hazy shade of
0: summer because it's really, really good. Well, you've let your future self down. You'll get over it. I will, probably with another couple of beers. Yes.
1: So let's talk about things going on locally. Again, uh, you know, we kind of were midweek last week, so not a lot has happened uh, in in the interim. Um, but there were a couple things that I, I wanted to bring up. Uh, maybe the biggest one is the fair work week ordinance is sort of coming to fruition, right? And it's, uh, they're ready to come to a vote. Um, it's was one of the things that Lori ran on. Um, are you familiar with it have you looked into it i have not so yeah yeah. i mean essentially and we've seen some things like this before uh from other progressive candidates and it it's something to put in place to really help hourly workers people working on schedules be treated fairly right so they're trying to encourage certain types of behavior discourage other types of behavior and make it possible for people who are working hourly, who are often living paycheck to paycheck, to have consistency in their schedule. Okay,
0: so this is like preventing some of those like schedule automation where they're like swapping people's schedules around in random hours and- And And at the last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: so there are things in there that, you know, sort of give workers extra pay if their schedule was changed within a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and, and it goes up from like, you know, a small shift differential to sort of time and a half or two x, yeah. you know, and those things are, again, meant for there to be consistency. And and the flip side of that is from, uh, the flip side of that is from like the Chamber of Commerce and people who say like, well, we need that flexibility and we need to have lists of people that we can kind of, you know, call on. Well, that's and,
0: fine then. Then you just have to pay them more. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> it, it's... The votes are there. Yeah. Um, Still a very heated debate. Um, A big campaign promise. And I think, you know, a lot of people who are in tune with, you know, some of the policies and the practices that have happened in the past really support this. And, you know, people who are kind of small pro business are, uh, I don't say completely against it, but, you know, want there to be some more flexibility for businesses. So um, also a pretty big achievement for Lori to get done.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think, it's, I out think there it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, at, over time, technology and the, sort of the nature of work has shifted, and we have to have our laws catch up to it. So when we have laws yeah. that say, okay, you know, if you work a 40-hour work week, then you get paid overtime, and da 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 like, that all makes sense up until you have, you know, the ability to automatically schedule people to reduce the amount of hours any one person has and, you know, being able to do, you know, gig economy stuff where it's like everybody's a contractor. And so we have to really rethink that to better adapt to the, the economy we actually have. And I'm glad to see that this is something that Lightfoot's uh, pushing for.
1: Yeah, and so I would encourage people to kind of take a look at this thing as it comes out and um, read into it a little more. There's some great pieces in... Uh, the Trib uh, did some interesting work on it. So did Crane Chicago Business. So you'll see definitely both sides of the argument the argument there. Uh, the other big thing from Lori's campaign that comes into effect this week are all of her executive orders limiting the power of the aldermen. So you know, sort of the limiting the mini-mayor powers uh, and restricting, maybe restricting isn't the right word, but directives that have told different departments that they don't need and alderman's input on certain kinds of permits, right. certain kinds of things. Uh, one thing I didn't know until today is that alderman can no longer call and ask for uh, the black trash cans to get delivered to somebody's house. what The hell? <laughs> how are you? Get, how are you going to get your trash cans now? I don't know. You have I don't to know. Call mine, the city, and then the
0: city's like, Wah. "Mine has been. Mine has have had rat marks around the lid for a long time." Yeah, I don't know. I mean I've got I'm live in a multi-unit building so we've got a private trash and it's its own thing right but but if you're you know if you live in a house
1: or yeah. a three flat you know you or lower you've got these Chica- city of Chicago trash cans and recycling bins Was
0: that like a was that a way alderman bought votes essentially oh, like, yeah. oh yeah like oh I'll get you that garbage can but I need you to
1: vote for me like <laughs> Oh I mean it was always an easy thing. You know, you could call the alderman's office and say, I need a new trash can. Yeah. They can call their guy at Streets and Sand, or they could steal it from a different uh, a different house and, you know, wipe out the chalk and write your number on it and put <laughs> it in front of you. I mean, I know, I know that this happened to people. I talked to people who supported one alderman or a, a, a challenger to an alderman and their
0: trash cans got swapped out oh, with geez. ones that were like twelve <laughs> years older. But see, but that would still be that would still be in effect though, because like you could still steal their trash cans. It's just like getting it replaced is harder. Uh,
1: I guess so. I guess you could still. So, change it. But
0: uh, but so again, clearly, Lightfoot is promoting the corruption of the garbage stealing, can industry. Uh, the, <laughs> it's a zero sum game. That's right, trash cans in the city of
1: Chicago. So I, I did think that it was. Uh, uh just a funny thing that i hadn't thought about you know looking at all of the the sort of rule changes now so um but again another campaign promise from lori that she'd said she would put in place and uh, there hasn't been as much uproar from the aldermen as i expected from it yeah so of course the cynical side of me says what is she giving them
0: right <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see uh, uh one other thing from Lori's office this week is she apologized. Last week we talked, or this week part one, we talked about the casino announcements, the locations for those. A lot of the aldermen were caught off guard, uh, and they had said like we didn't know anything about this, and we were, um, and she kind of apologized and said, "I'm sorry, we didn't roll that communication out well. Sorry about that." Yeah, um, I did
0: see a little bit of pushback from a few aldermen, and and you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out. But yeah,
1: yeah that's kind of policy wise what's what's happened in the city um, you know one little uh, very small thing and and I think I have personal care about this for one reason or another uh, John arena uh, alderman who lost his seat uh, in this last election uh, I think primarily because he supported a, a, a low-income housing project um, he's now he's still the committeeman and Robert Martwick who is a State rep was app- is now in the Senate, and so essentially John Arena is going to choose the next state rep there. So there's been a lot of horse trading and people talking about who's it going to be, and John Arena could appoint himself. Maybe he wants to do that, but maybe he'll get does, a job. Does he with have glories. an
0: opportunity that's golden? Is that is that what's going on here? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now we have to have the, you know— adult logo
0: on oh there. yeah no I, I throw it on there anyhow just like oh, just in case thanks I, I I could bleep that out I haven't even tried it that'll be my new experiment can I bleep something out you'll find out you'll know by mm-hmm. now <laughs> so
1: so it, it's interesting and again it's one of those things where it is a kind of classic Chicago thing that maybe we hoped would go away hasn't gone away yet he may get a job in the old or in the city with the city. He may take this job, uh, you know. And and I actually I know John Arena not really well, but I've I've met him a couple times, had some comfort. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I think a, a progressive guy. Uh, we'll see where he goes, where he lands. Um, but we're gonna keep tabs
0: on that. So yeah. So let me go to the suburbs. Uh, Gene, is it Gene Ives? Gene, Jean, yeah. Jeannie Ives. Gene Ives. Jeannie Ives. Uh, running against Sean Caston uh, for that congressional seat. Yeah. So Sean Caston won that seat uh, anew. So in the in the wave that we had last time. So uh, yeah, he's got a little competition.
1: Yeah. So look, I'm way more excited about this than I think anybody else. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a blast. I think so. Caston. Uh, Won his seat over uh, Rostrum, right? Who was yes. a Roscom? Rostrum. no, Roscom. Uh, you know, so that was kind of a, that was a big thing. Yeah, um, people are excited. You know, he's raised seven hundred fifty, eight hundred thousand dollars already. Jeannie there are two Republicans who have announced. So Jeannie Ives uh, ran against, tried to primary uh, Rounder last time famously or infamously mm. put out that ad.
0: Okay, now, like the, now I'm remembering the name. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that
1: ad. Yes. <laughs> Where, yeah. Uh, so a very racist, xenophobic, like, uh, again, I looked at it and was and thought, oh, my word, like I can't believe this. And she she gained traction with that ad. Um, obviously did not win the Republican nomination. Yes, mm-hmm. well,
0: well. On average, Illinois Republicans are not as crazy as I think they are nationally. She is one of the ones. Right.
1: <laughs> like, she prides herself on her Donald Trump-like divisiveness. Like, yes. that's a thing she has said. Yeah. Uh, and she's in the Republican primary running against Evelyn Sanguinetti, who you may recognize as, as Bruce Rauner's running mate and former... <laughs> so so are so just like,
0: is this is, this is where all the Illinois Republicans are now? Like, they had also all come from there, and that's that. So, <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, two Republican women women running uh, in that primary to run against Sean Caston. Look, they, neither one of them has raised much money. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure they will raise some money at some point. I feel that's probably a pretty safe, it safe race. It is interesting,
0: race, like. I, think, I feel like this is, like, representative of kind of how the Republican Party has been, I was going to say evolve, but I think maybe it's more devolved. You know, you have Roskam who's been there for, he had a, he'd been there for, what, six, eight years? He'd been there for a little while. Yeah. Um, and he seemed like a pretty tough opponent, and Caston managed to beat him. But then, like, okay, so Roskam's gone, and now you've got, you know, this kind of craziness facing off. Where it's like, whoever ends up getting the nomination is still probably going to be fairly extreme, and that really plays to Caston. So, does he hold on to that seat for a good long time just because you've got you know, nobody who's moderate enough on the Republican side to take that seat? Yeah, and
1: I, I'll say, I just learned this too, Peter Roskam's campaign website is still up. Huh, I recommend you go to it. Oh. Oh is, yeah! Is it special? It is. <laughs> it is uh, talking about talking about interns running things. Yeah. Whew. That is Microsoft front uh, page okay. worthy. Yeah. So I feel like it's it is a pretty safe place for casting. Uh, but uh, I am I am interested to see what kind of language and and whatnot comes out of the race. Um, so I think the last thing here to kind of talk about and I, I, I think we have to bring it up um, it's not a happy fun thing we can make
0: jokes about it kind of bookends uh, this against our national podcast it does because uh, we're going back to the squad and a post that was put up by uh, the Illinois GOP County Chairman's Association which refer to them as the jihad squad it did political jihad is our game was the sub the subtext or the the subtitle i mean i don't even know where to begin with this i mean it's like you have so of the squad there is one member who is muslim correct but that's like that's that, that's like the thinnest read upon which you can perch this. Everybody you like it's just racist and xenophobic There's no reed. and yeah it's there is
1: no read. Yeah. I again it is it is disheartening and saddening in so many ways. Yeah. And then they're like oh we we don't know who posted that. Okay. Illinois GOP got like how many people have access to that? I mean I-
0: it is reasonable for me to believe that a party that is predominantly older white men isn't good at operating social media, but at the same time, come on, like I'm not, I'm not buying it. Well, that's a big puppy. That is. Uh, as I was sitting here mm-hmm. talking, a dog the size of me walked by. It was, it was great. I do. I. <laughs> Yeah, that, I, was, this, that was the grim. This is a smaller venue. We're, we're totally diverging at this point. This is a smaller uh, tap room, but it is so full of dogs. It's kind of awesome. Anyhow. So many dogs. Yes.
1: Should have, yeah, so many dogs. All the dogs. Todos los perros está aquí. I don't know. So on that note, we'll. I guess we'll catch you next time when we're talking about What racist things can the GOP do
0: next week? I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about. Well, next week we'll be talking debate. We've got two nights of debates. We'll be doing our uh, little mini-podcasts around that. Uh, Hopefully we'll both be in the same location this time. If not, we've at least figured out how the technology works if we have Internet connectivity. Uh, But other than that... uh, We'll catch you. Uh, if you don't catch that, we'll catch uh, the next time we're on podcasting. Right. So anyhow, thanks, everybody. Take care. Time.